0: come on church come on church (laughs) come on church that is uh hello and welcome to the fizzle show we have built our businesses found a way to pay for our gluten-free crackers doing stuff we love and we're here to tell you how no bs just some real and honest conversation from earnest entrepreneurs Listen, when you work for yourself, when you're building your thing online independently, it's easy to miss out on the forest and get lost in the trees. You know what I'm talking about. There are hundreds of business questions you could worry about. Which are actually the important ones and which ones are you just wasting your time on? That's what we explore in this conversation. So get your notepad out because it's a good one. Also, look for Corbett's Four parts of a business list. You'll want to make notes on that one. It's good. Your hosts are Corbett Barr. If this was the big Lebowski, he'd be Walter, because he has all the answers. And um, he Andy can get you a toe. Caleb Wojcik. <laughs> Caleb Wojcik. He'd be Donnie, because he's uh, he's he's way out of his element. And me, Chase Reeves. I'm the, uh, the German punks, because I'm not comfortable being the dude. And... We believe in nothing, Lebowski. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. Let's get into it.
1: Let's dissect this startup failure,
0: guys. (laughs) Okay, people, so here's what we're talking about. We're talking about... uh, Well, Corbett, tell us a little bit what what we're talking about. You are a guy that's like high profile. You get a lot of people asking you questions about... Hey, what should I do with my business? Hey, I'm doing this. Hey, I'm doing that. Hey, look what I'm doing. Um, this is me. This is what I'm thinking of doing. But I should probably get all this stuff done beforehand, right? Um, you get all of these questions and 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 people who are like really honestly and earnestly trying to build something they care about trying to do. And you know, these are lives like you know, people with with husbands and wives and kids and and moms in hospitals and things like. They're actively looking to really create their own life and take things into their own hands and take a chance on themselves, et cetera. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you came up with this topic. Let's, let's talk a little bit about what we're going to talk about.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's like two angles on this. The first is that most people, when they're starting out, seem to feel really overwhelmed as if there's just so many things to think about in starting a company and, and making it successful that you really don't know where to turn. And we see this all the time in Fizzle where people start a, a forum topic and they're asking some questions about something they're working on. I'm going to launch a product and then boom, like 50 questions come out about how do I price it? What you know, software do I use? All this kind of stuff. And um, it's really easy to make starting a business and running it seem really complicated. Um, the other thing is, like you said, People just write us about all of these things that they're working on that they think at the time are mission critical. Like I have to figure out whether or not I need to be an LLC or an S corp, um, or I have to figure out exactly, you know, what accounting software to use. And I'm going to spend three weeks on this where, you know, in reality, none of that is going to determine whether or not your business is successful, right? It's like, it just gets you off into the weeds right away and you can't see the forest for the trees or however that saying goes. So this topic to me is about cutting through all of that BS, and let's talk about what that BS is. But cutting through all of that and getting to the fact that business is actually very simple. That doesn't mean that it's easy, right? But it's simple. It's not easy, but it's
2: simple. People are complicated,
0: right? So, like, let's give some context here. What are some of these things? Because I've heard of them as well. Let's let's talk about what are some of these things that we hear people saying they should worry about. And, or, or you hear people like thinking they should worry about, like, I'd i like to get started, but I just need to figure out, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and that we, that you think it's like, don't, that's not what matters right now. This is what matters.
1: Totally. I think it's, um, I mean, there's a lot of them, right? And, and there's a couple of ways to look at it. One is, I think a lot of times these are ways for people to, um, Kind of play around with things without actually having to take any action. It's kind of like, you know, they're going through the motions and distracting themselves from doing what really matters, which is what we're going to get to in a minute. But it's really easy to spend a lot of time thinking about, well, how am I going to hire people and how, what should I be outsourcing and how am I going to um, use SEO to really build, you know, the right traffic to my website and all this kind of stuff, right? And the legal stuff, the financial stuff um worrying about yeah. advertising, worrying about raising money,
0: design stuff. W-
1: design stuff spending like months worrying about technology and things like that.
0: Yeah, button color and conversion and 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 headlines and things. Totally.
2: And plugins.
0: You can easily waste years doing all that
1: stuff and and still never have a business, right? All of yeah. that stuff combined still hasn't gotten to exactly what you need in order to build a business. Um so you you brought this up, um, this is a kind of a running theme for us, right? I mean, you brought it up a few episodes ago, really in an eloquent way. What, what was it that you said again,
0: Chase? Interesting. Oh, God, what was it? I think it was. What was, was it? <laughs> Caleb, do you remember?
2: I remember. You remember. <laughs> I think we all remember. I remember,
0: but I'm not going to say it. That's like... <laughs> That's like Caleb's the kid, and like, uh, and you know, Corvette's dad. I'm the mom, and like, C- Caleb witnessed something really horrible, like you and me, maybe I don't know, doing something inappropriate, and 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 like he we're walked like in, you know, he walked in pus- on us, pussyfooting around the issue, like maybe the next morning at <laughs> breakfast, and Caleb just yeah. comes around the corner and goes, "I remember, you remember, I remember, <laughs> Daddy was hurting Mommy." <laughs> I remember, you remember, now let's all try very hard to forget. Um, exactly. So the thing we, we talked about in what episode was that? It was uh, 16? I, I think believe. so, yeah. Uh, the, the, th- the episode where we talked about uh, what we wish we would have known before we started out um, is uh, one of my two points was this concept of value. And simply put, I said, make something useful for someone's bubble Or just even simpler than that, make something for someone's bubble. Exactly. Um, and, solve, and I th- solve the hemorrhoid problem, solve the hemorrhoid problem being the the. Uh, and I love that, you know, Corbett said, hey, whenever you tell that story, make sure you leave out any context. So people are just <laughs> like, what do you what do you mean? But uh, the, the context there is that in all these old copywriting uh, training things, they always used medical examples all, uh, all the time. So like for hemorrhoids, like when, if you're selling a hemorrhoid cream, you know what the pain is and what the desire the literal, is the target literal literal It's a physical pain, yeah. It, yeah. So when you look in a medical perspective, you can see very clearly what the pain is. There's no arguing about that, you know what I mean? Um, right. Some might call it a burning, some might call it an itching, but we're talking about the same thing, you know? Um, and so what I love about that is it clears up all of the fog, and it just says, hey, make something to solve someone's problem. You know, But that's just simply not as eloquent as... Uh, eloquent is, is a, a combination of eloquent and elegant, just so you know. Sure. Um, that's that not before. as elegant as <laughs> uh, make something for someone's um, well,
1: here, So here's another way to say it, and I think this guy is going to come up a few times, Paul Graham. We're probably going to talk about him a few times because he seems to put it best. Their motto at Y Combinator, we've talked about him a number of times before, um, their motto is basically make something that people want. Yeah, And he said, I, I just read a really great article, interview uh, from him today I sent you guys an email about it. But um, he said that most of the time, startups fail for the same reasons that restaurants do. Their food is bad, right? Mm. So basically, startups fail because they make something that people don't want, just like mm. yeah. restaurants fail because they make food that nobody wants to eat.
0: Yep, absolutely. No, this is good. Now, let's tie this into the con- to the context here of what we were talking about. People uh, wasting time, wasting resources, Worrying about stuff that doesn't matter.
2: You mean like so restaurants worrying about you know what their menu looks like and their sign out front and what their hostesses wear and things like that. Corbett instead of focusing on the food,
1: totally or uh, making food that you know maybe they don't have the skills to make or that they think people want. Maybe making food that um, you know is molecular gastronomy or something in some way or whatever you call it, um, that um, that just doesn't really taste good in the end. Um, yeah. yeah, and and definitely all that other stuff. Like, Imagine if you were going to start a restaurant and instead of focusing on the food and the customers, the type of customers and where you're going to find those customers, instead you focused on, well, what structure should this business be? And yeah, what color should my logo be? And all that kind of stuff. And you spent weeks or months working on that and eventually you either ran out of steam or ran out of money or whatever the case may be and never got the restaurant off the ground to begin
0: with. Mm, I like it. Okay, so what, what we've talked about here is, or what we're setting up here is, these are there, there's a, so many people focus and worry and waste about stuff that doesn't matter. Should I be an S-corp or an LLC or a sole proprietor? We'll figure it out later. For right now, let's just get to work. Uh, should I, uh, should I do a logo on 99designs or should I like hire a really good designer to make my logo? Well, figure that out later for now, just get back to work. Um, should I use uh WordPress or Squarespace or, uh, hand roll my own, learn how to do CSS and HTML? Well, why don't you figure that out later and just get to work, right? The question now we should jump into is, okay, what is that work? What is the work? And I think we've sort of, we've sort of hit that in that. You got to make something useful for someone's all right. You got to solve someone's problem. You got to. I love. I Get love that. Make quote. tasty food. People, businesses, startups fail because just like rest, for the same reasons that restaurants fail, they're not making good food. And so, f- how do? Okay, so let, I have a question, Corbett. How yeah. was there was there a time when you made this when it became clear that your food wasn't good and you needed to work? On the actual core problem solving solution making of your business,
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, in my my previous startup uh, before you know before this life that I'm leading now, uh, we made email software, basically email that would help people prioritize messages that were coming to them. And um, it on its face, that software wasn't interesting or useful enough to really accumulate a lot of users. We ended up having to Resort to a lot of marketing trickery. Mm. This is sort of a this is a red flag to me. Like when if you have to resort to a lot of marketing tactics and trickery to to get people to use your software,
0: yeah.
1: uh, it's probably not useful enough, and you're going to eventually kind of burn out on that. You'll run out of that runway, and um, you'll end up with angry customers and things yeah. like that. And
2: and what exactly do you mean by trickery?
0: Uh, well, it's just well, anything that's top heavy in tactics. You know what I mean? If you want to start a business so you think you should learn about copywriting and sales, that, that's probably the wrong way of going about it because what you're doing is you're dressing up the menu without even thinking about what your side salad is going to look like. You know what I mean? Um, right. And what you're, what, what, what's going to be in your entrees section.
1: No, and, and this is really interesting. And this is a conversation I have all the time with Leo Babauta from Zen Habits, who's a, a good friend of mine. And he has built this incredible business with, very little marketing. He's very much a focus on the food and forget about the advertising kind of guy. Yeah, And it's worked for him. And you often wonder like, is that why his audience is so massive? Because he does very little direct marketing and, and pitching to his audience. He really just focuses on the content, the steak instead of the sizzle to use another analogy. Right. Ooh. And <laughs> I, you know, I kind of go back and forth on this. I think that, you know, it's, I think there are some products that you can create that are useful, but that you do have to learn how to find the audience and tell the audience about it, sort of you know lead the horse to water to that sort of thing. Um, it's great and really incredible and lucky if you come up with a product that is so useful that people just beat a path to your door and you really don't have to advertise. You know what I mean? That's the goal. I think that's what we all look for. We just want to create something that's so magically useful that you really don't have to go out and do any marketing at all. But I think the reality is that most of us create something that's pretty useful, but that's going to be helped with a little bit of, you know, working to build an audience and to market to them and find them, that sort of stuff. What you don't want to be in the situation is um, where you're marketing heavy and really substance light on the product.
0: Yeah, I have two things here. Okay, first of all, back to uh, the... the um, I think what, there's something in human nature, uh, and you kind of got to this in the, the sense of like people just like kind of playing around with the idea of having a business, you know what I mean, without actually... Jumping into the frying pan, they're just sort of like, hmm, yeah, maybe I should like add some olive oil and like saute. Oh yeah, maybe we'll just like put some uh, put some onions in there and just like saute that for a while. Just talking and, like, about it without doing anything. Yeah, and then versus the people who are really putting their ass on the fire. Um, there's just I think there's something in human nature. I noticed it in myself. Like maybe it's just a kind of person. I don't know. But I had to read a book about running shoes before starting to run. You know what I mean? Yeah. When clearly the the thing that I really needed was to just start running. Right. Later on, I'll feel I'll go get some new running shoes. When I but at the same time. So there's 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 two models, and I and I really subscribe to the first, which is which is like you know what, screw all of the learning you think you need to do, the things you need to have set up, all of this, this stuff about the work that you need to do. Just focus on the actual work you need to do, which is finding the interesting problem to solve, finding what that problem actually is, and figuring out the best possible solution for that problem. Just get to work. You're not going to have the right solution for another two three years, right. but you have to start doing the stuff now, right? But then there's the other thing, like going to the gym, um, in some ways, or running. Sometimes I need that costume before I go in in there. Like, I need the, the right, I, for some reason, need I really wine geeked out on. the wine-colored
1: hair, the Johnny Resnick-colored <laughs> hair.
0: Iris is a great song. <laughs>
1: before, <laughs> don't, Iris, don't. Don't start this early in the episode, Chase. <laughs> did, did you so, ever
2: listen to that episode, Corbin? Oh when he put the God. song into the Yeah.
1: Yes. That was hilarious. <laughs> but
2: Chase, I know exactly what you're we talking about. I just started reading Starting Strength, the lifting book yeah, yeah, last night. And you'll
0: be, you'll be and, and that will that will make you want to lift
2: more, right? Right. Yeah. And so today, I mean I'm I'm gonna be traveling for about the next two months. Today I went to the gym, signed up. And I'm like, freeze my account for two months. I'll be back. <laughs> but I, but I needed a gym yeah. that had barbells because where I work out now yeah. just has dumbbells and stuff yeah. like that. So oh god. By the way, that that's just. I mean, that's so stressful to me.
0: Or it's so. I hate that. You know, you go to a 24 hour fitness or a YMCA, and luckily the YMCA I do. But oh, Anyways, regardless. But don't you guys finding like, a gym? Go ahead. Sorry, keep going. I was going to go on a very personal rant, but no, that's fine. We can stay on <laughs> No, I don't
1: want your personal rant right now. Keep it out of here. <laughs> um, but don't you guys like you start reading the book, and don't you kind of get so excited that you have to put the book down and go do the thing while you're in the middle of reading it? Kind of. In some ways, yeah. like
0: yeah, I really like this song. Hold on, I got to stop it. I need to go dye my hair red, <laughs> add some highlights. <laughs> I got to go, go shopping. In Kenneth Cole get some Kenneth get Cole the- gear. The- yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, I think there's two. Con- and, it, and in some ways, that's. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I wonder about how some people are coming to entrepreneurial tendencies. Um, I think in, in some ways, the, the pervasiveness of entrepreneurialism in our culture, the fact that we know of a guy's name like Steve Jobs or of Jack Dorsey or of Elon Musk or, you know what I yeah. mean? The fact that entrepreneurs are playing such a big role in, in our, Bigger in our ever. society. Yeah. I don't know if that's been like that in the, in the past. I mean, I'm sure people knew, you know, Henry Ford's name. Yeah. Right. But, um, but I don't know. So, so that's interesting so to much, me. There's so
1: much like entrepreneurial porn out there, right? It's like you can just read, yeah. you know, TechCrunch and and Paul Graham and Brad Feld and all these guys that we talk about all day long um, and never really do anything. I've got a quote here. Yep. Um, have you guys heard of Nolan Bushnell before? He started yeah, Atari, uh, Atari, as well as Chuck E. Cheese and like 20 wow. other companies. The guy's like like magical. Didn't He's he dead. actually
2: turn down Apple like early maybe, on too?
1: Maybe he did. Maybe he did. I think there's supposed to be a movie about his life coming out at some point. He's he's 70. He's still an entrepreneur. Anyway, he has this wow. great quote. He says, the critical ingredient is getting off your butt and doing something. It's as simple as that. A lot of people have ideas, but there are few who decide to do something about them now. Not tomorrow, not next week, but today. The true entrepreneur is a doer,
0: not a dreamer. Hmm. I like that pretty sweet, right? I like that. But at the same time, I didn't get into I got into running very heavily, right? And the, the my gateway drug into that was learning about barefoot running. Uh because it was enough geekery for me to be like, "Oh, I'm special. This this is different than, you know, every other yeah, everybody else running out there. And in some ways, this wasn't just learning about a thing. Cause I read like a blog post and I bought a pair, I actually made a pair of, you know, whatever, hrushas or whatever it was called, you know, I had an old pair of, uh, of old Navy slippers or sandals that were totally just worn down. And I took some leather straps and I tied them onto my feet. And I had the summer of my life just running on those and learning and thinking I, w- I knew, knew I looked like an idiot, but I had a lot of fun being that close to the road and having a geeky, angle on what uh, my whole life has just been like doing. I mean, you weren't just, I was doing it's like you, you don't, yeah, you don't get to, you don't get to like the point where you're running five Ks and marathons unless you have been running for quite a while. You don't just get to read the book. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's like that thing. It's like, if you
1: want to be a writer, then write. If you want to be a runner, then run. If you want to be a painter, then paint. You know, the point is you, you can call yourself that thing when you actually do it. Um, and, you know, you're, you're not going to get a business off the ground unless you take action. So for me, I've got four things, you know, and we're talking about how simple businesses are. I break it down really to four things, you know, and the first is action because as, as we've talked about before, ideas are worthless, right? Ideas are just a multiplier of execution. And you, it's true. You have to make something for somebody's whatever, but, um, you're never going to make that thing unless you actually start doing as opposed to just dreaming.
0: I have a great, okay. One of my favorite quotes on this is from Merlin Mann, and he says, Joining a Facebook group about creative productivity is like buying a chair about jogging.
2: <laughs> <laughs> buying a chair about
0: jogging. <laughs> I love it. He's just, he took it and he turned it, you know? Oh, uh, that's awesome. Such a neat turn of phrase from Merlin. And he's just, you know, there's nobody really better in the name at that. Um, so, but I just love that. That's like, that's classic right there. Mm. That's some classic stuff. But yeah. But okay. So uh, hold on, hold on. Here, this is something that kind of bugs me. And I, even though it's a part of our, of our DNA, we really believe it. It's so easy to harp on this. Like, well, just get out there and do it. Right. Yeah. Every Tom, Dick and Harry is in the right. When they say, like, well, go do the work, go do the thing and tell me what you, and report back to me. I believe that. I can't do the work for, of your business for you, right? Unless you want to pay, unless I go become a consultant and want to be, you make you pay me loads and loads and loads and loads of money. Right. But that's not what we're trying to do here. And besides, you're going to come up with a different business idea and a different solution to that problem than I will. And what matters is that you is, I think we're looking at business from more of a holistic lifestyle perspective because it's not just about making the money. It's about like making the money and staying married and generally being pleased with yourself instead of, you know, hating and loathing yourself at 65, you know, for all the time you wasted or all the ways you, you screwed over people or whatever. Right. But it's so easy. You know, I see every, everybody doling out that advice. And it's true, but is there not? At the same time, it's like not helpful. It can get to a point where it's not helpful, kind of, because there are real, real like un, un. There are real pieces of unknowledge that can hold me back from doing that, and that those those things that I don't know, those are pretty easily solved by a guy like like you, Corbett, who I bring my business idea and say, and you can just say, shut up. Go, go choose a domain set up a set up squarespace on it I'll give you I'll give you five days to do that and have your first you know have a have a picture of you and an about page up
2: then let's talk about... so it's about- not about doing the work it's about choosing which thing to do is that what you're saying how do you mean like you're saying do the work is good advice for everyone but there's not really a rebuttal so the rebuttal is really like well I I'm working but I don't know if I'm working on the right thing.
0: Yeah, in some ways it is that. Like that's what our episode number 16 about. Uh, you know, what I wish I would have known before I got started is really about like hey, we ended up doing the stuff and we wasted <laughs> we we but, had to but, you we, know, we went on down this long trail to do it. Isn't the point
1: it. though that like because we just did the work and just kept moving forward that it didn't matter if we didn't know those things because eventually we got through them. Because we did the work. If you didn't do the work, then all that stuff that you don't know, you're never going to end up knowing it because you don't go through the process, right?
0: Yeah. No, I I think you're totally right. I'm just – when my goal is in this, I think all of our uh, – certainly at Fizzle, we share this goal. We want to get people from where they are now to where they want to be, right? Right. And we – they, what people so like, like eighty percent of people, they want you know the call the call with Corbett or like the, the design from Chase or the business insight from Caleb. They want us to answer their problems. And from a philosophical perspective, we know that that's not the right answer because they need to solve this problem in their way so that they have this business and it's theirs. You know what I mean? And their life, this business is is occupying a central part of their life, not they have a, they don't have a Corbett bar business that they kind of are trying to run in a Corbett kind of way or something like that. Right. Um, but they, but there's, people are so hungry for insight from others. It's this, uh, I'm sure we could find a hundred quotes about, you know, people waiting for, uh, to get permission. Right. I'm sure if you did Seth Godin waiting for permission, <laughs> right. Google search, right. You'd find well, a brilliant, I know the there is permission one in
2: the title. So there you go. Right yeah, there. there
0: you go. There you go. But, uh, but you know that that that, pro- that is a that is a real big problem. Like I want to tell people to just do to get over that sense of I have to wait for permission from someone. I also want to tell them to just do to get them to the point that Steve Jobs got to at an interview he did. Um, it was sort of like I think it was like pretty early on after he came back to Apple from Next. And he has these series of interviews with him and this he looks he looks really cultish um, he's kind of always looked cult uh, he really has always looked cultish but a denim button up shirt and uh, and he's talking he has this really great bit about um, there are no rules. Every rule that you that, that someone could quote to you is made up by someone who made that up at the time when there wasn't that rule before. Right. It was made up by a human. Right. You know, and once you do once you do enough to realize that there the rules are all pliable and soft and aren't actually pillars of truth th- that that we can there's new ways through all of this totally. that haven't even been explored yet. Now it's art. Now you get to, and it's not about, you know, what does Steve Jobs think of me? What does Elon Musk think of me? What does Corbett Barr think of me? What is it, you know, what does Merlin Mann think of me? Like I have to kind of get myself to the point where it's like, okay, it's not about that. It's about seeing the problem, the entrepreneur who's scared, who's afraid, who has a great amount of potential in four years, they will be the person who is building a business that they care about and supporting their family through it. But right now they're, they're like a deer in the headlight. They don't know what to do. They, 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 They have the stuff in them though, right? This is the problem to me. This is the problem we're solving in Fizzle, right? This is my whole life I'm giving to this problem. I'm throwing my body at that. Now we can say, I don't have the exact, you know, answer besides, first of all, there's no rules. Second of all, you have to just get going. Third of all, look at it in terms of this problem solution, make something for someone's whole, uh, perspective. I feel like maybe that's a, that's a pretty magic trifecta between those three things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think <laughs> I think you kind of just talked yourself. <laughs> yeah, you kind of just talked yourself around the from from being like yep. no, you shouldn't I just did. take action to yeah. Basically, you just have to take action.
0: <laughs> well, I did, I did. What I was looking for though is there are what I was getting at is there really are some um, some pieces of either whether it's misinformation or just just a, a dumb sort of ex, uh, not expectation you make as as of you and me assume, assumptions. There are dumb assumptions that people come to us with that we do need to be careful to make sure we unwire those. It's one thing to say, hey, go do that. And then, uh, you know, I don't know. You know, there's just, there's consequences yeah. here. You know what I mean? We say, hey, go do your thing. And then next thing you know, they're in jail because their thing was not a legal thing or whatever, right? We don't and you're t- like,
2: Well, why did you do that? <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, we told but, you to take action not to do something stupid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but and, and that that isn't anybody's responsibility besides the person doing the thing, right. but, but But I don't but, know. Do you, you see what I'm getting this at? this is
1: like you're, you know, you're one of the one of the guys that remember back from uh, I don't know, earlier episodes. You can probably tell me exactly which ones uh, involving Stephen Pressfield in his underwear smoking a cigarette.
0: Mm, don't work too hard, kid.
1: (laughs) Right. But the thing is, like Steven Pressfield, if you read The War of Art, it's all about this resistance that we all have to actually doing the work, right? Because Mm -hmm. there's all this stuff that goes on. Have you heard the Ira Glass quote? Oh, this would be so great to just play. I wonder if we could just play the whole thing. Ira Glass talking about your creative taste and yeah. how far you start from being able to actually create something that is up to your good taste. Because we, yeah. we spend so much time you know, growing up and, and consuming um, media of different kinds. And then when you s- sit down and start to think about creating that sort of thing, like if you want to be a filmmaker or you want to be a blogger or you want to create a startup— It's like you're thinking like, oh, I love Instagram or Dropbox or whatever as a startup. You think about that. But your ability is so far from that that when you actually start doing the work or start thinking about doing the work, it's really disheartening to realize that you're going to create shit for a while, right? You're going to create just crap that you don't think is good enough for a long time. And the only way to get to creating that thing that's really good is to go through that long period of trial and error and learning and whatever Some people get lucky or some people are born with like just an amazing skill set or something and they're able to do something pretty amazing out of the gate. But most of us have to feel out our way over time and like like Steven Pressfield, for example, that guy worked for like two or three decades as an author without being recognized for anything. He just couldn't write anything that became popular to save his life, but he stuck with it, right? He kept going through it. And eventually he came out with the legend of Bagger Vance, which was popular. And now, like you said, like what we know him for is really these, uh, meditations on what it means to be an artist and a creative person. And, yeah. and if he hadn't gone through those few decades of, <laughs> of, you know, whatever, of fire, um, we wouldn't have this amazing reference and, you know, this, this journey to, to think about. So, you know, and and for him, it doesn't mean that that it wasn't you know what he came up with wasn't worth it because I think it was and and this and this kind of gets off on a tangent because obviously the other the corollary to this is to enjoy the journey and not focus so much on the goal because you never know where the journey is going to take you and if your first trial you know your first attempt at building a business is going to be successful or if you're going to have to go through three decades before you get there. Um, the question is whether or not you actually enjoy that process and if you're living your life and. You know, trying to do something meaningful along the way, as opposed to just, you know, um, putting your life on hold until you actually accomplish that thing, which may never actually happen.
2: Well, going back to the Ira Glass quote, I think that taste makes people stop a lot of times, especially when they're maybe designing their own website or maybe doing their first podcast or video or something. They're like, this looks and sounds awful, you know?
0: Yep. Well, it's funny. It's funny you say that, uh, Caleb, because, you know, nobody tells this to people who are beginners, I mean, I wish someone told me, but all of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste.
2: But then you have to There's, have bad but, taste for your own work. Otherwise, you're never going to get past well, it. Well, what you didn't pick on, up on there. was that so he was about to the read Ira- the,
0: Ira- Ira- the Ira Glass quote. Oh, <laughs> I'm actually reading <laughs> yeah. the Ira- So hold on. Just give me a second, <laughs> please. Nobody tells this to people who are beginners. I wish someone told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. But there is this gap. For the first couple of years, you make stuff and it's just not that good it's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase. They quit. Most people I know who do interesting creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have this special thing that we want it to have. And we all go through this and if you are just starting out or you are still in this phase you got to know it's normal and the most important thing you can do is do a lot of work put yourself on a deadline so that every week you will finish one story it is only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap and your work will be as good as your ambitions and i took longer to figure it out to how to do this than anyone i've ever met it's going to take a while it's normal to take a while you've just gotta fight your way through was that getting somewhere to what you were talking about amen caleb (laughs) a little bit Mm. a little bit come on church come on church (laughs) come on church (laughs) that
1: is uh that's like one of my favorite quotes of all time and the thing is like it's really easy to look at ira glass and be like wow you know he's a master whatever and then I—I I was just listening to like I think it was their latest um, episode. They did a recap. They've done 500 shows, and I think it started wow. in the late 90s or something. Um, and you didn't listen to those episodes in 1997 when his guest was his dad on the show. You know, and he was like yeah. feeling his way through. And more importantly, you didn't listen to the shit that he did for 10 years before that, that was probably a- absolute garbage, you know, that he yeah. had to work through to yeah. get to the point that he is now. So it's really easy for us to hold up like these magic entrepreneurs who are like 19 and come out with like yeah. some amazing
0: thing, but they're not the rule. They're the exception, you know? Yeah. I think we've said two. I you know earlier on I said something about like you know you're not going to have it now, but in two in two years you'll you'll have the solution, but right now you just need to do the work, right And I think both the IRA quote that stuff, and what you have just recently said right before the IRA quote uh, Corbett it gets I think really it gets this is that's what we're really talking about. That's what really solves this problem that we started with is the question of like you know what is actually important for you to be thinking about in your business right now. Yep. And what, what you've sort of brought to it in the Ira quote and in your own story is, is this sense of, as you have to bring in this sense of time, the fact that it's going to take time. And as Ira says, you just need to do a lot of work, right? You will bridge that gap between where you are now and where you, and the, the, the level of work you're producing now
2: and the level of work you and want I've heard that, to produce. I've heard that quote before, but that line is the most powerful one for me today. Like, is only by going through the volume work that you will close that gap.
0: Totally. Yeah. And and it it's really it, it, you know Bradfeld has this bit about the uh, long-term view. Every entrepreneur needs to have like a long-term view like and he says it's very hard for a 22-year-old to look out across the next 22 years of his or her life and 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 make and do so with any perspective at all, right? Um, but that is the thing. You have to look at a long-term view and many short cycles. So what might be really helpful for like, okay, let's think of, of, of you know the the majority of people that we hear from uh, in Fizzle and think traffic and over the course of the last few years. I think w- if we were going to give them one piece of, of advice on, on tying this kind of together, maybe my stab at it, at it would be this. And Corbett, Caleb, you guys correct me or make any changes that you see fit. But I would say, you're gonna have a really gr- think of it this way. You're gonna have a really great thing going in four years, maybe five. You know. In the meantime, how do you learn as much as possible about yourself and about the problem that you think is interesting right now? Um, chances are, you know, a lot of the time, I think, I think probably forty percent of the time, people who get in touch with us who want to be entrepreneurs, they don't really know about the problem they want to solve. They want to start. They want to create the thing that they're reading elsewhere. They, they see a Leo or a Corbett bar or, uh, you know, a Seth Godin or whatever. And they say, huh, I could do that. I could do that pretty good. I'd like to make a business out of that. Cause I'm looking at this business that's successful doing that right here. I'm going to try that as well. So they start up a marketing, uh, blog or a how to be an entrepreneur and live the life of your dreams blog or a how to do location independence blog or a whatever, right? They try right. to, cause they, they do the things they see. Right. Instead of, uh, which, which, you know, it, it that's viable people like lots and lots and lots of people have done that what typically happens is you start out there for 2 years you run and try to do it and you and you either <laughs> quit and go get a job at at, a, at some other place or you you pivot and you you roll that into you know marketing consultant or something like that or you actually turn it into a much more specific niche sort of thing in a totally different way. Yeah, after two
2: years, you realize, like, oh, I've been teaching all this stuff and not doing it. I should actually find a way to give value to people. And then you start something. Exactly. This is great. I love that you kind of pointed
1: out that, okay, we started with make something for someone's bull, and it turned into, okay, but there's all this stuff that, that, you know, you have to conquer as an entrepreneur about yourself yeah. in order to do that. So I have. Four ingredients for for me, like what is a startup? If you break it down, um, business is simple. It's not easy. It's very hard, but it is simple. And for me, it's four things. The first is taking action, like we talked about. Without action, nothing else matters. You'll never get anywhere unless you actually do stuff. And I know there are a lot of people that listen to this show who are thinking a lot about building a business, but not actually doing anything about it. So I want to encourage them to just start taking action because that will take you in new directions and eventually you'll figure it all out. The second thing is, to me, um, the second ingredient is the team or the person behind it, like you or the team or whatever. And that gets to the Ira Glass quote, okay? Action is a big component of it, but also you just have to realize that you are the bottleneck in a lot of cases because you don't have the skills, the experience, um, the mindset all of that kind of stuff to actually make the startup successful. So even though maybe you start taking action, it's really easy to get, you know, stuck at a roadblock or just to quit or whatever. So the the inner game, the the mental roller coaster, the emotional roller coaster that you'll be on as an entrepreneur um, is the kind of thing that can really throw most people off, that will throw most people off. And you have to realize that you and the team that you're working with, if you know you're fortunate enough to actually have a team of people, like you know, you have to realize that those that team has to get better over time in order to accomplish what yeah. you want to do. And is that
2: more than just mental, like that's skills and knowledge yeah. and all that stuff too? Right,
1: right. Skills, experience, knowledge. You know, uh, the mindset, all that kind of stuff. Just the inner game, the the mental game that you have to sharpen um, as an entrepreneur or as a team of people trying to accomplish something. Got it. And you know, I think we're I think we're good. You know, the three of us we're trying to every week. You know, when we ask for criticism, I feel like And I hope you guys don't take it offensively or chase or whatever. Like when you say, "Hey, you know, check this out. I I made this video or whatever," and it's like, "Okay, awesome. I love it." Blah blah blah. But here's a couple of things. You know, I I really love it when you guys have actual critical feedback. I think that's always an opportunity to grow, and we're trying to do that. And we realize we're not. You know, we have the same problem. You know that Ira Glass was describing. There are things that I wish we could create that we're not capable of yet. And I hope that we'll get mm-hmm. there at some point, but it's just a journey that we're on, and I have to remind myself to actually just enjoy this process as we go along. It.
0: Um, oh, I'm enjoying. Okay, so it. all right, that's one and two. So one is taking action. Two is the team or person behind it.
1: Exactly. Okay, so that's the first half. Really, the second half is about mi- this third ingredient is making something that people want. So you have to. This is the idea, right? The business idea, which is Ah, I see an opportunity. This is f in the world. And I can do it better, so I'm going to work on that, right? Yeah. So making something that people want. Um, And like you were saying, Chase, like some people, they start out making something that people want, obviously. Like, okay, I know that people want to be an entrepreneur and travel around the world, so I'm going to start a blog about, you know, being an entrepreneur and traveling around the world. Well. People do want that thing, but they don't want that thing in the way that you are accomplishing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes, you jumped into an arena that needs to be solved, but other people are solving it better than you can do. It doesn't mean that you're not going to get there, but you just have to realize that the competition will be eating your lunch for a period of years until you get better. So a lot of times it's easier to jump into a place where you can compete, you know, on a more even footing Right away, something that you already have domain expertise in, or something that no yep. that other people aren't already solving in a good way. So,
0: number yeah, th- and a good example of that is it is is the difference between making a product, uh, making I hate that word product. God, uh, by the way, I've, I've been realizing like everything that we we make and everything that most of the people we teach are is making they're educational tools, aren't they? Yeah, we call them some people call them info products, or whatever. But it's training, it's professional training in some kind of. Thing and I'm wondering if there's any way to do it that isn't professional training. I I mean, because even like Steve Cam of Nerd Fitness, he's selling. He he has this massive thing, massive huge bunches of people. But what he sells is the fitness guides and the training. And he does have some gear, some you know shirts and hats because it's like a total. It's a thing to be a part of that. Yeah, uh, that that community. But and then you know Brett Kelly Evernote Essentials, like it's training on how to use Evernote. You know, Fizzle. It's training on how to create. A business that you care about. Right. Uh, You know, is is everything that we're really talking about just educational tools? For the most part. I mean,
1: some people that listen to this and some fizzlers are creating software and other things like that, tools, you know, and some people are creating services. Um, Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, I think in almost all cases, they are intangible things. But that's the biggest part of our economy now, right? Intangible stuff like services, entertainment, training learning, you know, experiences because we've just evolved as a society to the point where that's like a massive part of our economy now. Um, and there's a ton of people working and provide, you know, creating good livings for themselves by, Providing entertainment and information, I yeah. prefer to call it
0: edutainment, if you will. <laughs> uh, well, that's because you're that a media like mediocre. Playing the organ trail when
2: you're in school. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: So a good example of this would be like the difference between making a, a pro, making a, an educational training on Photoshop versus making educational training on how to use Photoshop layers effectively. All right. What I just did was I took, I went from creating a massive, you know, like, oh, I got I to gotta be real smart and professional about how I train someone and how to use Photoshop, to making a very specific, very poignant sort of, uh, and I don't think I know what that word poignant means. I think it really actually means sort of sympathetic, like sorrowful. Does
2: it? Maybe. Hold on. <laughs> poignant? Uh, no,
1: it means like... Poignant. It means like, yes, like... Uh...
0: I thought it meant like a sort of... Like, Evoking sharp. a keen
2: sense of sadness or regret. See,
0: God. Anyways, what I meant to say is something that really tightly addresses a very specific problem with a very you know definitive beginning, middle, and end. That's as you said, Corbett, within your realm of expertise. Yeah, I feel you like know?
1: I feel like at some point we're just gonna we're gonna stop podcasting. We're just gonna tell people to go listen to um, Brad Feld and uh, Paul Graham. We're just gonna be like, all right. They have a, what? Are, who are we kidding? Like Stephen Pressfield and and Paul Graham. Go listen to them. They have the answers. Um, exactly. But uh, what I was gonna say is, Paul Graham likes to say that it's really difficult to do good and big at the same time. You really can't do both. Mm. So most people choose to do good on a small scale and then try to grow it, as opposed to doing big on a bad scale and then trying to improve it, make it better. You know what yeah. I mean? So yep. so you yep. know you're just you're you could easily be like, the world's expert at uh, using Photoshop layers really well, whereas just being the world's expert on Photoshop in general, it's impossible, you know?
0: Yeah, totally. So that just being an example of making something people want that's that's within your realm, realm of, of expertise, and that makes sense of this idea of time, right? That you start there, and then you grow it to be bigger and bigger and bigger. And, like, remember that Facebook was started in one single solitary campus, Only the people who were on Harvard's campus had access to it, which means there were inside jokes you could use. You could communicate at a level of vernacular that would immediately You know, communicate to someone about you know Emerson Hall or whatever, and and, you know these buildings were or these kinds of people were on campus or whatever, right? That makes your job infinitely easier because now you have handholds, hand uh, sorry, handholds and like little. Anyways, the point being, you I think you can see the difference between making something that you can make right now, just like in the Finding Your Voice episodes, we say, what if instead you said only what you can say? Do the hard work of finding out what you actually can say instead of. Of doing the easy work of seeing what other people are saying and trying to regurgitate that. Yeah, bam. Yeah, and and um, like the, the I just threw my, I just threw my beer. Across Drop the, the, the mic. Room. You did. <laughs> Come on, Church. Come <laughs> on, Church. Um, to use the when we were
1: talking earlier about you know people starting blogs about becoming an entrepreneur and traveling the world, right? That's a very broad thing, and there are a lot of people sort of tackling that. Well, why not pick one little aspect of that? Like, in my own experience, what I decided to do was, instead of helping people start businesses in general, which is kind of where we've gotten to over time, but this is after i have been at this for, you know, a decade as an entrepreneur. But um, back when I was blogging, I decided to go after helping people build audiences online because that's one sliver Of the overall equation, think traffic is just one little piece of it, and that's an area that I could have a dent in, as opposed to just entrepreneurship in general. You know, so if you're if you're helping people to become traveling entrepreneurs or whatever, then why not tackle like, um, you know, how to uh, use various communications tools like Hangout and Skype and GoToMeeting and all this kind of stuff, and become the expert at how to use those tools effectively because when you're traveling that's a big pain in the ass or you know something like that you know what i mean totally, like dive yeah. into something
0: specific so okay so that was 3 what's number all 4 all right so
1: that's 3 so number 4 is then finding the people who want the thing that you made right yes. the audience piece of it so there's to me there's always two components there's the product which is something that you make that's for sale that solves a problem or addresses a need or desire and then there's the audience the group of people that actually are Interested and willing to pay for that thing that you created, and again, the ideal scenario is like you put this thing out there. um, It's a cure for cancer, and no one, you know, like if you if you uh, plant that seed, like in one article in one newspaper, immediately the entire world is going to hear about it because it's that novel. For most of us, we're creating something that's not quite as important as a cure for cancer, and probably there's some competition, and this is where. You know, creating something that's unique and differentiated and novel is important because it helps you to spread the word faster. It makes the job of finding those people easier. But the fact is that most of us have to find those people um, to some degree. And that's why we podcast and that's why we blog and all that kind of stuff. So finding the people is, for me, the fourth ingredient of, um, you know, a successful business.
0: I like that. So what you've done in these four points, okay, number one, taking action. It's interesting that you've called taking action out. On its own. I think the reason why is all those reasons we discussed in beforehand with the Ira Glass quote and everything is that this is the kind of person who's going to. It, so, the way I see it is like one and two, I would say uh, one is you've got to be the kind of person who does action, two says you've got to be the kind of person. Who actually has expertise in something? Who actually has something to say? Who actually can, you know, stick with it when you hit the inevitable obstacles that you will fit, what you will hit. And then three says you got to make something people want, and four says you got to find the people who want the thing you've made for them. Uh, am I am I Man, summarizing it's like that? A, it's well,
1: like my notes were right in front of you. Were you jotting
0: this down, or this is all from memory? I'm. I was just making little notes along the way because oh, uh, I was trying to make sense of where you were really going. I had no idea what it went from
2: so had it memorized already.
0: That's why you're chasing <laughs> yeah. Wardman Reeves right there. Wardham. Yeah, I guess so. But I would, now what do you think of that when making the difference between, cause I think what we're, what you're doing here is we're kind of talking through this, uh, this course that we're going to be putting together in Fizzle, which is, you know, get this sense of like, what does it mean to do, to do a business? How do we look at business within Fizzle? Yeah. And because what, what, what our goal here is to make it at the same time, both Really manageable. Okay, I understand this. A problem. You make something that people want. You find the people. Give it to them. That's really easy. Okay, good. Right. This makes sense. Also, bring that right up against the fact that like you will never do something harder in your life. Maybe. Maybe this is going to be one of the hardest things in the world that you do. This will take so much work. It will become just a job in the end. Do you, are do you really hate your job so much that you want to give up on, uh, on like your last remaining hairs on your head? You're going to totally. watch it thin out. You're going to watch the stress and, but, but you're going to be building something that's yours that you, that, you know, that if this is inside of you, if this kind of independence, if this kind of con, con you know, connectivity of art and uh, or I guess we're well, not connectivity, but the, the intersection of, you know, art and commerce and creativity and good old fashioned sales, meaning, you know, giving something to people that they really, really want. If that makes sense to you and if that sort of lives in you and erupts within you, this is where you're going to have to be. And so let's just know that the troubles are going to come and we're going to have to work through it. You know, yeah, but, but holding both those things together. That's what's so interesting to me in the work that we do with entrepreneurs because it is both and we get a ton of people. I, even just me, like a little old me, I don't have, I don't have any exposure or platform really. And people are coming to me thinking that I have some answer for their business. And, you know, and I absolutely do not. I do have some best practices that I've experienced on principally what it's like to be someone who does work. You know what I mean? Realizing what it's like to get in the seat every single day and realize, oh, I'm going to be really excited about this today and that tomorrow. And if I don't actually hold my ass to this thing, it's not going to get done, right? Yeah. And I've been there. I've been the one reaching out to people needing some help on a thing. Um, But luckily, those people never gave me the help that I was looking for because it forced me to, instead of talking about running shoes all day, actually go clock in three miles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. And I, I, a lot of times I feel like the best advice that we give people is just anything that helps them take the next step, whatever that is. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. you can't give them the advice that's going to get them from you know point A to point Z, um, but hopefully you can just help them to get to point B and and make the very next step for them, whatever that happens to be. We have the privilege and of- that's.
0: Go ahead. No, go, go. I, that, that's what's so inspiring to me about when we do the founder stories, when we interview people and, and see what, how they got from A to Z and realize that it started with a from A to B you know what i mean yeah it's like oh yeah no going from there to there is totally human and, and cape and like that i could have been like i could have even done that all right and then from b to c oh totally yeah totally realistic makes sense you met this person who had this exposure to wordpress or whatever and oh, okay it's starting to make sense now that yes nerd fitness th- totally grew over a four
2: four year but what period. happens yep. is people see you know I mean? they see where they are today and they're like how did you do that i'm never gonna get there
1: exactly and yeah. that's the thing you you say make something that people want okay great so you look at what like um who's a good example here uh, besides the ones that we always, that we always, always use. use God we always use God, God, you know sorry
0: what we got to do is Uber, before maybe.
1: we before we get on here we all each of us need to write down three new examples we've never <laughs> used before and then and what then do you wait, okay them.
0: hold on maybe I, I can
1: help what are you looking for an example of someone that who does something that is seemingly really impressive now but that you don't see like the history
0: you know what i mean um okay what about paleoplan.com yeah right this big massive thing that just started with jason glassby knowing how to do a website sees this problem as he's trying to get into paleo with his wife realizes like it's a ton of work to try to figure out a whole new diet and a whole new lifestyle right has a friend has a friend who him and his wife have both been celiac for the last 30 years right they know exactly how to make gluten free and go all paleo He's like, I've had like a million recipes. Jason lays this out all of it in his, in his founder story. So through that relationship, Jason's like, okay, could you put together like four or five recipes? That's the MVP for the minimum viable product for paleo plan, which is now this massive. Deal, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, right, the industry right, right. The sort of paleo meal plan thing, like it it supports him and and employees totally full, you know, and they don't. <laughs> that's they they it does the thing exactly. So it's the dream
1: business, yeah, so the, you know. So so the thing is, when you say make something that people want, you can't leave out the. You have to start taking action. You have to conquer the mental game, you know, the inner entrepreneurial game, and you have to find the audience. You can't leave those things out because you say make something that people want, and you look at paleo plan and you go. Oh, it totally makes sense. Like, obviously, there's a demand for that. People want that. Yeah. Well, that had to start with Jason and his wife having celiac disease, like, forever. And that had to start with yeah. them, like, 10 years ago, finally figuring out their own personal health and started, mm. started working towards this new diet, And then he probably started blogging about it without thinking about exactly what Paleo Plan would become or whatever. And it's just this whole decade-long process. So when entrepreneurs are looking for ideas and trying to make something that people want, I think they overlook that process of, okay, you're going to come up with an idea, and like Ira Glass said, it's probably going to suck. And the question is, do you have enough humility to go through that period of suckage for four or five or 10 years or whatever it might be, or if you're lucky, six months or a year, Do you have enough humility to go through that publicly to put something out there that's just not as good as you know that it should be for years until it does get good?
0: That's good. I I like me to me. That's that's a a amazing piece of clarity. Just like, do you have enough humility to do this publicly? Yeah. To fail publicly. To try it. And can you realize? Okay. All right. You ready? I've got a thing here. All right. I got I got a thing here that I can read, but you're not going to like it, Corbett. You're not going to like it oh, no. at all because um, it starts, it starts. You with ready with this? Passion. ready for this?
1: I'm going to, I'm going to, if, no. okay. If it sucks, I'm going to start going, oh, ah, I'm not
0: listening. Ah, la, la, like that <laughs> in the middle of it. <laughs> it Instead starts with a quote from, yes, it's actually, it's a Johnny Resnick quote on the creative process. No. Okay. It starts with a quote from, uh, by John Galt. Do you know who that is Corbett? Um, he is uh the guy. Is he Republican in, or is he a uh, really religious person? <laughs> yeah. Um a little bit. He's the main character in Atlas Shrug or the whatever the <laughs> oh, <no>. the Ann <laughs> exactly. Rand book, yes. right? Yeah. I know you know you're no, no Ann Rand fan. Hey, I, actually, no, I I, I kind of believe in the uh, in the you know everybody for themselves yeah. sort
1: of thing. It's just human nature. Anyway, go ahead. Exactly.
0: Continue. So, um uh let me see where this is. This is in a Brad Felt blog post from 2006, so a while ago. Uh, he says, in fact, he kind of changes this quote. The John, the John Galt quote is it's not that I don't suffer. It's that I know the unimportance of suffering. I know that pain is to be fought and thrown aside, not to be accepted as part of one's soul and as a permanent scar across one's view of existence. All right. So Brad felt, uh, takes this and he says, you, you know, the suffering is truly unimportant. When you realize this, he has, I'll put a link to this in the show notes, uh, which will be at fizzleshow.co slash 19. That's right, Caleb. Yep. Okay. So he says the suffering truly is unimportant. When you realize the suffering is unimportant, things change. You know, I'm not quoting word for word here, but now I'm going to start, uh, <laughs> quoting word for word. Uh, this is Brad Phelps. If you make a minor shift in Galt's statement, substituting failure for pain, you end w- you end up with this. I know that failure is to be fought and thrown aside not to be accepted as part of one's soul and as a permanent scar across one's view of existence. And then uh, back to Brad Feld saying, every entrepreneur should memorize this, remember it and live it. Failure and suffering is part of the experience, but it shouldn't be part of your soul or a permanent scar across your view of existence. And to me, this gets to your point, Corbett, about the humility to fail uh, out loud. Yes. I
1: love it. You know, I love
0: it. Because it, it really, and there's another. I won't read this out here. I was, I was almost going to read this. I was kind of thinking I'd read this whole thing out, but there's this thing called the struggle, written by uh, Ben Horowitz of Andreessen Horowitz. Uh, this blog post, we'll, we'll put it in the, in the show notes as well. It's really good. It's talking about this 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 moment, you know, or th- what this looks like when you're in the middle of an idea that may or may not work, and you're kind of at this this critical point um, where. Uh, anyways, you'll have to read it. It's good. It's good because it gets to the struggle. To, it gets to the sense that, yes, this is insanely difficult. And what we are doing is holding up the other side of that, which is, yes, this is insanely simple. Solve something. Make something that solves someone's problem. And what I, almost makes me want to do with one through four is add um, is add two more or make it like, like you know, uh, make something in 60 days that people want, right? Right. Then find... Then find the people who want that thing. Spend, spend 60 or 90 days getting them to the thing and seeing how they respond. Then make that thing you made better in another 60 days. And spend 12 months getting more people to it. You know what I mean? And, and really turning it into the business that it could be. But that concept of what that does is make something that, some, make something that someone wants in 60 days that puts time on it and not that much time, enough for you to say like, okay, I've got a clear deadline. Now it's not about Photoshop anymore. It's about Photoshop layers. Now it's not about travel hacking anymore. It's about technology to use as a travel hacker, yep. right? Those two examples that we yep. use. Um, and, and I think that is so liberating. That so gives you actual things that are useful. Again, back to that value conversation, the thing I wish I would have learned. Um, it, value means kind of a useful thing, something that is actually valuable and useful. To me, anyways, the point you get—I think you're getting what I'm saying. I'm getting it. I'm—I'm picking up what you're
1: putting down. I'm smelling what you're stepping in. (laughs) I'm uh, doing your laundry, whatever you want to
0: say. Okay, so if you guys could get, uh, if if someone could take one thing from this, Corbett, Caleb, Caleb, we'll start with you. If someone listening gets one thing
2: from this conversation, what do you what do you what do you wish? Well, I think if your business isn't as successful as you want it to be, it is probably one of the four things that Corbett mentioned. It's either you're not doing the work. There's something wrong, like some mental barrier that you or your team has that's keeping you from being able to do the work. You don't have an audience or you don't have something that people actually want. Like it, it might seem very beginner for someone that has a business education or has been running businesses for a while. But when you go back to basics, that's really, it really comes down to one of those four yeah. things, maybe multiple. And if it's multiple, maybe you need to be doing something completely different.
0: Yeah, those four things are, it's kind of helpful to look at just the quadrants and be like, okay, where does your problem lie?
2: You know? Yeah. I mean, you could write down all the problems you're having and, yeah, do some sort of quadrant thing and write them all in each and then work through them all. Yeah.
1: Corbett, what would you say? I'd say uh, that you, sh- as an entrepreneur, you should scrutinize everything you do during the day, like especially as you're getting started until this kind of becomes like rote. Scrutinize everything that you're thinking about doing and ask yourself, is this helping me get to a place where i know that i'm making something that people want and i know where they are and i'm actually doing the work to produce that thing.
0: Hmm. i like, i like that. That's pretty good. Or as i typically say, hmm, that's interesting. Hmm. That's funny. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably i would to me it'd be the time thing. It would be the sense uh, it would be it would be hey, if you can take a step back and a and a and 10 freaking breaths real quick, all right? three deep breaths and realize this is going to take you some time roll up your sleeves and don't try to do it overnight because you will not do good work and you will not be able to do that um, and it you know kind of to, to your point, point Corbett and, and I'll just say I'll say this quote from the uh, Ira Glass thing you know if you're just starting out and you're still in this phase you gotta know it's normal and the most important thing you can do is, is a lot of work Put yourself on a deadline so that every week you'll finish your thing, finish something. Yep. Right. To me, that looking at it over the long, if that course management thing I've talked about before. I can only ever hit my driver two hundred yards. So why do I get un, why do I get disappointed when I hit it two hundred yards, even though be, just because the hole's five hundred yards? Totally. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I gotta realize I could and and, and so put yourself on that deadline of two hundred yards and say, what does succeeding in this two hundred yards look like? Do it. What did I, Then you take a breath. What did I learn about myself in this business over the course of those two hundred yards? All right, so now let's keep heading towards the towards the hole and where's what's my approach look like from here? So, anyways, a mix of doing lots of work and realizing it's going to take time. And I feel like realizing it's going to take time helps me to do more work, get it out the door quicker. You know what I mean? Failing publicly and out loud, and getting used to that because it doesn't matter what people think of you. Anyways, now I'm ranting. It's okay. We like ranting. I have I have been Chase Wardman-Reeves. I have been Corbett Barr. And I've been Caleb Logic. Oh, God, every single time you say it, I am so hungry for your middle name. Caleb, you have created so much. Uh, by, what is it? What markets was it? Are, Elroy?
2: What was your middle name? Elroy or something? Or? No,
0: I, don't even say it. It's what am a I, a s- Jetson? <laughs> so there you have it. As you work, as you make your to-do list, ask yourself, Is this helping me get to a place where I know I'm making something people want? And am I actually doing the work to produce that thing? I like those words from Corbett. This is a great conversation. I want to know what you think. And here's how. Head to fizzleshow.co slash 19, all right? F-I-Z-Z-L-E-Show.co slash 19. And leave a comment there, starting either with this was amazing. Or this sucked. Or <laughs> also at FizzleShow.co/19, you will find links there to everything we mentioned in the show, including that that killer Steve Jobs video. It's a minute and a half of "You'll Never Be the Same Again." Oh, and if you haven't yet, you should definitely check out on Think Traffic the blog post that Corbett just published: the things he learned. After publishing 500 blog posts, it's really good. If you like this, please leave us an honest rating in iTunes. It doesn't cost you much, and it means the world to us because it helps other hopeful entrepreneurs find this show. You've heard me say this before, people. Listen, I want to read you this awesome review from Main Mama. This one just came in, hot off the presses. Hands down, she says, my favorite podcast. Ever, These guys are thoughtful, generous, insightful, and funny as hell. So while you may look a bit off in your headphones, sporadically snorting and spontaneously stopping to fumble with the replay button, it'll be totally worth it. Because you'll actually have more brain matter in the end. Proven fact. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much, Main Mama. Um, we don't know how this works. We just heard that reviews are important. And so we want to get into the ear holes of other people. Simply search for the show in the iTunes store and click review. You know, and if it doesn't, I don't know. Maybe these things aren't important. But I think maybe they are. I I don't know. Or share it with a friend. You know, say, hey, you might like this. When you hit your next roadblock, when your ass starts to singe from the fire, just remember, you are not alone. No matter how hard it gets or how hot it gets, rest in the company of good friends. And remember, you're not alone. Thanks. Talk to you next Fizzle Friday.